Welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. This is Rick Wirtz, the founder and president of Faithful Fathering, where we encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers and charge dads and raising a godly generation by reinvigorating their church on the fathering front. Uh, This podcast series, we're staying with spiritual leadership because dads, uh, you know, I'm with you, are uh, a challenge. We, We have so much to do in the office to provide well for our families and and to uh, just stay active in society that we uh, tend to lead secularly by example versus spiritually by example. And uh, so that's uh, the journey we're on. And uh, in the studio with me today, I have a dear friend, uh, Mr. John Murphy. John, as uh, we, we've just spoken about uh, your first experience with the concept of faithful fathering on a, on a weekend retreat and how that uh, sparked you on a, on a spiritual leadership front with your boys and in your home with your bride. And, uh, and I think it was uh, maybe a year, or it was a, some window of time after that retreat, we met and uh, realized that there was a mutual friend in your church that had also been on a similar retreat with his daughter, I believe. And uh, can you share a little bit about uh, what, uh, you know, how, because, you know, the core of faithful fathering is uh, to come beside the church to raise up uh, a, what do we call a core group or a leadership team of dads to, uh, to lead the way to uh, take on our strategy that we call pass the baton strategy and to raise the bar for fathering in the church. Uh, so uh, you, you guys embrace that and, and you in particular, I, I thought really were uh, provided a spark with uh, what, what happened at your church. Can you share a little bit about how yeah. that uh, manifested? Yeah. So um, I, yes, I, you know, I think one of the great things uh, you follow, you follow up. You know, you follow up, and I and I believe it was. I can't remember the time frame afterwards. If it was like three, six months, or, or a year, but I do remember you said, "Hey, I want to get breakfast and, and just check in, see how these things." Certainly, are going. with all the Jayhawks. Yes, yeah, that's right. Certainly <laughs> with all the Jayhawks. But you said, "I, I want to check in and just see where you're at, hmm. see how you're doing." And so it was for a morning breakfast, and um, so we met, and at the breakfast, you mentioned. Uh, another fellow fell at my church, Sean, um, who was on, I think a father daughter retreat. Um, and he was in the class, the Sunday school class, uh, I think above me, the next level up, but I was very, you know, we were, we were familiar with each other and I was excited, um, about the retreat, but I was still like, it, I was still wasn't sure how to kind of what, what to do with it exactly at the church, uh, you know, in with the different guys at our church. Um, so I remember reaching out to Sean. And he was on fire too about it. And like I said, this was kind of a new experience for me being involved in these kind of things. And so it was very exciting um, just that there was these resources out there and, and men out there and people out there and that we could go through this together, um, especially back then because a lot of us were young dads. Um, and so we and just didn't have these uh, lessons um, to lean on. Um, so right off the bat, me and Sean said, let's, let's figure out what to do. And I, I think Sean is the one that suggested, Hey, let's get Rick here for a breakfast to tell his story to a bigger group. And I remember you coming in, uh, for the breakfast. And I remember, you know, you did, you did your rendition of cats in the cradle, brought the house down. You know, once again, it was like, if you have a thing, you think life's you're taking life too fast. That, that song will stop you dead in your tracks. And, you know, 
hit you in a different kind of way. Um, but right after that, I remember uh, me and Sean, we reached out to the leadership at our church and said, hey, we want to start something here. And um, they were very supportive. And, and, and somewhat in the supportive sense, I mean, is they didn't get in the way and they gave us support from the pulpit too. To, I remember we they talked about it from the pulpit, you know, hey, encouraging, hey, dads. Um, at that time, it was, we called ourselves, uh, we want to start this group. And um, I remember who came up with the name, but Dads of Grace, so dogs for short, um, just kind of stuck. And um, it was great. There was a group, I think at the time, goodness, of the, because there was a Sunday school class above me, ours, one below me. And I, I want to say at the time, we had guys, dads that we pulled um, for these for these dads of grace in their 20s, 30s, 40s, maybe even 50s. You know, so we, we, we it was a, it was a great cross section of men from all those different you call them all those different uh, you know seasons of fathering. Um, and you know, uh, we can get into the experiences of it, but uh, the different things. But it was it was it was a I look at it as just like almost this golden time of just starting out and with all of us kind of being a lot of us being in the same season. Um, it was golden in a lot of ways because you used your gifts to create a couple of videos mm -hmm, that uh, mm -hmm. just conveyed uh, not only the, the, the age diversity in the group uh, that there, there was just a good generativity across, which is what we always love to see in a group. You want to see different seasons of fathering represented. You want to see the group reflect the demographics of the church. And you, you want to see uh, some guys that are teachers, some guys that are coordinators, some guys are just outdoors guys. You know, the, these kinds of things could present. But as I recall, there were probably eight or eight or so guys on yeah. that initial core group is that yeah. right yeah yeah that's right and i you know i, I do remember you know that you know the, the the church was so uh wonderful about it like if we did a video you know especially the initial video to gather garner support we would see it on a sunday morning you know right you know they, they would they would show it up on the you know on the on the screens and you know it, it was just awesome to have that support not just from the initial get-go with um and we can talk about the different activities we 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 participated in um through faithful fathering um but but yeah you, you know some of the and you know you know we also had a, an, another dad who was one of the pastors there that was also involved too and uh it, it was it was it was really it was really uh you know I, I think back of it being very um sometimes we make things very complicated in life and i remember they made it that point of starting that um while there was a lot to plan out and things but it was, it was really um simple they didn't make it overly complicated for the support that they gave us at the time right i do remember chris being on the uh, core group and you know we try not to have staff on the on the core group but right. but it sure helps when there's a staff member that's a dad that's there because he's a dad because he also has access to the church calendar so that when it comes to <laughs> scheduling things it works out uh, very well now with that uh, the one of the first activities that you did as i recall was an overnight on site mm -hmm. and that required a lot of scheduling a lot of stuff can you remember you remember yeah yeah so uh this is such a great fun memory there are a lot of dads that don't have never been camping with their kids i've never been around fire with their kids or anything like that um and so one of the great things we did life in the big city life yeah. in the big city that's right is we had an overnight camp out on our soccer grounds at our church um it, with uh man there were a lot of dads at that um so yes we scheduled it 
Um, and it was a fun weekend of lots of good cooking, uh, uh, camping in tents on the soccer fields, uh, waking up and us all, the church had no problem. We sat in the balcony, all of us going to service together in the morning. Um, and the night before, um, I remember in the gymnasium is where we kind of just slowed things down and, you know, you had questions to prompt. Uh, we had a dodgeball game first. We had a dodgeball so, game. So the dads could leave their arms on the court. We right? had a dodgeball game, uh, w- which that, that, that was fun. Like the boys love activities like that. When you mix a little bit of roughness in with an activity, you know, it's always a hit. Um, but I, re- I do remember uh, once again, uh, there were prayer. There were there were question prompts that would force you um, to be intentional um, and find out those same things I talked about in the last podcast of getting to know your son and also letting them get to know you. You know, and I didn't mention that in the last podcast, but you had questions for them to ask you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, because there's sometimes we don't even talk about those things or take the time to talk about them. Um, but yes, the uh, the overnights were fun just to, just to see dads who don't normally camp um, of being able to have a, a little miniature experience of stuff that we've done and and bigger and you know bigger things later on. But it was a little it was a little like it's almost like a little teaser, like you know do this little overnight camp out and it gives you a little sampling of some other things that you know you 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 do through faithful fathering. As I recall, there was uh, some wiffle balls, kickball, some football going on in the soccer field mm-hmm. all afternoon long uh, mm-hmm. on the on the overnight, and then we grilled out some burgers and hot dogs yeah. and just had oh, chips yeah. in in the good way, and uh, uh, and then had the activity of dodgeball, and then the spiritual component was that interview, if you will, and then just some discussion because that's. You know, uh, when uh, when Jesus uh, told Philip, if you know me, you know the Father, you know, we have to open the door for our kids to know us a little bit better as well, which is part of the deal for that interview process. Yeah, I think one, uh, one of the things when you're being interviewed by your kids or you're talking to your kids is your kids, they want you to be consistent. They, they, they want you to be a good dad. But I think if you, no one has it all together, you know, and I think if you're, if you go to your kids and you're on, and you're putting up this like sort of wall that you have everything together, nothing is, you have no problems and you're trying to be the strong person, um, they might be fooled into thinking that. Mm. And then when things come along for them, they're not even think their dad can even relate because he has it all together. He doesn't right. have those right. things. And, and I, I think, and that's something I struggle with, you know, and I struggle with it um, continually mm. is is wanting to put up that good face of, you know, I want to set, I don't, I, I don't, I want to act like I have it all together when really a lot of times they need to see that you are human and that you're just like them in a lot of ways. And especially um, at your different seasons mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. struggled with different sin and different things like that. And that, and that you can be open and honest with them about it. And that's something that um, I'm working towards all the time to be more open, but it's still a challenge. I think that's, you know, they usually realize that in my teenage years anyway, you know, you, <laughs> our, our charge is to always understand, you know, that we don't put us on the pedestal. They want to, of course, just like we would, you know, we'd want to put our fathers on the pedestal, but, uh, but our job is to not let 
not let us be perceived that way, that we're growing, but we will point to the perfect Father. There's only one perfect Father, and uh, that's, uh, that's our, our Heavenly Father, and that's who we point to Him through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But uh, that, that uh, overnight, I recall, yeah, you're right, we had, I think that first year we must have had 60, 50, 60 dads yeah. and kids. They're boys and girls. Yeah. And uh, so it wasn't a strictly father-son deal. There was, there were some daughters who wanted to get out there and have some fun with their that's dad, right. too. That's right. Uh, that's right. I always have to remember it. I always have my my lens is the father son thing, but yeah, there's well, obviously that's understandable. Lot, but you're right. There were there were a lot of uh, it was there were a lot of uh, daughters there as well for that weekend, yeah, and it was cool seeing kids just like getting to do these uh, you know you know camping with their dads and just playing with their dads and play, and also interacting with each other too. It was it was cool. Yeah, and that uh, I thought it was a great environment, and uh, <laughs> so the takeaways from there was uh, dads realized that there was uh, there were other dads in similar situations. There mm-hmm. were other dads focused on trying to be a better dad and mm-hmm. uh, engaging with their kids. Uh, is there anything else uh, about that group? I know we we moved from there. We did some studies yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. What do you recall about uh, the dad specific studies? Uh, yeah, you know, I I remember. Um, that was a big springboard was those overnights, but also that it led to these, uh, uh, I think it was Thursday morning or Wednesday mm-hmm. morning studies. I think it was Thursday morning studies or Friday morning studies uh, uh, at the church. I, I can even recall the, the the little room right at the front of the church that we would meet at on those mornings at like six or 6.30, whatever it was. And- uh, Manly it, hour. Yeah, the manly hour. You know, I, I remember being with, I, I can think of a lot of the guys that were there um, taking in, you know, the Nehemiah initiative was one of them, um, you know, just these lessons that were were taught and and um, uh, you know just that we were we were going through it together and, and and just being equipped, you know, just slowing down to be equipped um, really stands out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The uh, I recall that as well that uh, the studies that it was just so cool to see. You know, you were one of the early churches that. Uh, uh, that embraced the strategy that mm-hmm. was to to have the fun activities, mm-hmm. the easy to plug in activities, and then follow it up with studies because you know the us dads didn't if we got the owner's manual on our kids when we got home from the hospital we didn't read it yeah <laughs> yeah and we didn't reference it as the kids started to grow up so right. uh, these little studies would would help guide us in. and you know whether it was it was me and my or dads becoming heroes we did multiple studies and I, and I remember it wasn't just the lessons we would have little breakout groups and where you once again you know you're great with coming up with uh questions to that dig a little deeper that mm-hmm. that you you know as guys uh, we don't talk about uh, anything of, of real substance a lot of the time. We're, we're, we're ta- as much as I love sports and other things, where you know that's a lot of times we're talking about that. But you can do all those kind of conversations without ever being vulnerable, without ever giving a piece of of yourself away for someone to really get to know you or get mm-hmm. to know what you're struggling with. But I remember those questions, and we sit in those <laughs> in our tables and, and discuss. It would force you. Um, out of your comfort zone at times a little bit mm-hmm. to be vulnerable and say, hey, mm-hmm. here's where I'm struggling. This was going well, and this is what my takeaways are. Mm. And uh, it was, 
you know, I don't know how, I, I don't think I drank coffee back then. I'm surprised because <laughs> well, <laughs> I that, certainly you know, would now. <laughs> what you're saying is exactly why I call them vulnerability groups because, you know, men will be accountable to each other and, and lies, right? So unless we're vulnerable to be real, then we can be accountable in, in the group. Now, I also remember that uh, you were, there's a Presbyterian church and the, the Presbyterians at that time, there were several churches in the city going through a process called discernment. Yeah. Uh, can you share a little bit of uh, how that group, I, I remember the interim pastor uh, mm-hmm. really recognizing you guys as a catalyst uh, for for the grounding that uh, that you men brought together for, for the message that he was conveying. Can you share a little bit of that yeah. process? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we had a, you know, I, I feel like when you're in, involved in a, um, a discernment process, they're, they're important, but a lot of it, uh, you get very caught up in, the process itself, the politics, the the vote, the this, that, and the other, you know, you, 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 it gets you very busy into what needs to be done to go through that. And you can, you know, uh, I do remember we had a ton of support from our interim pastor at the time. He got faithful fathering. He knew that, hey, while we're going through this, you still need to be grounded. I like to use the word grounded because I think that's what I'm thinking of because everything we were doing in faithful fathering, um, it didn't depend on, on on whatever was happening with the discernment process. It was still equipping us to be faithful fathers, faithful husbands, uh, Christ followers, um, and, and where everything around us was, was uh, was in this like sort of swirling like tornado of, of activity, um, and um, I, I do remember uh, just that. Um, you know, you know, I think it's a bigger thing. You know, I, I thought I was I was thinking about that discernment process and thinking about being involved in faithful fathering at the time. And I, you know, I think when you're involved with you know in this fathering journey, there's all kinds of obstacles that can get in your way that you can use as excuses for um, not being grounded, um, that, 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 you know, even schedules or something bad happens or this mm. happens or whatever, you could focus on that and just and just let off the gas a little bit. And I think like that discernment process, you could totally let off the gas and just go 100% into that and not um, still equip yourself and be spiritual and to pray and to be with other guys. Because I, I do remember it, as you said, grounded. We're doing all these things while that was going on, and it didn't matter it was going on. We were still being equipped through faithful fathering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that uh, I know that uh, the pastor at that time was really uh, just appreciative of the man because he knew that you guys were praying for him as well mm-hmm. as the overall process as part of the as just part of who you guys were, and uh, that was just a blessing to watch you guys uh, from that standpoint. Is really a blessing. What encouragement do you have for dads that that maybe uh, they'd like to? See See something going on in their church uh, how how hard was it to get going uh what are your what are your suggestions for maybe a first step or just encouragement for a dad to pursue getting a, uh, a core group or a leadership team started in his church i think you know we're talking i think it's 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 tougher now you know that that was like uh 10 12 years ago you know we had things that were competing for our attention i think a lot more is competing for our attention now, especially with young dads. You hear a lot of them um, that just talk about they're involved in doing so many things and they they don't want to be overcommitted here or this, that, and the other. And not trying to be overcommitted, but but you know, you were saying about the original core group there being like eight dads, you know. I, I would say all you have to do is find a few 
don't worry about finding a big group. Uh, find a couple that um, that you that are in the same stage and that that want this. Um, everybody, they all need it, you know. But you have to like I think that, but that actually want it. And then if, if there's a few of you starting, um, start going through it together, and then and then you know encourage other dads to to join and be part of it. And um, if they can see a difference, um, you know, for me. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, the wives might be the, the key. That was the key for me at the time, you know, of getting initially involved, you know, and there, there might be something there as well. But I think just getting a couple of dads to start and then to grow up from there would be a great place. Looking back, you know, uh, we always say that, uh, you know, we're, we try to be a lay led, uh, mm -hmm. ministry, right? We come beside, you know, I'm, you know, you, as you know, uh, faithful fathering is as involved as the church wants us to be involved yeah. as a dad wants us to be involved, but the materials are all available and the strategy is available. Uh, we always say we, we work to complement the church mm -hmm. on things that are going right for dads. We try to supplement where things aren't going on for dads. Doing looking back, did you see that that was realized? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, I think we were at the church at the time we had, we had, uh, uh, marriage, groups which was which were important um I, I, but i don't think there was anything that really um emphasized um fathering or equipping fathering um and that was something we never you're right you worked inside alongside the church you didn't tax their resources all we said is hey we want to come support you and i think really for the most part it's just like allow us to come alongside and support you mm -hmm. You know, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think that um, that's the key, you know, is if, if you, you know, I keep saying, allow us to help, help us help you, but, you know, not just, to, you know, not to be afraid, not, you mm -hmm. know, I, I think sometimes one of the things that can get in the way um, that I've seen it is when people think that it's too much of a niche, you know, like, hey, you know, I, I know one of the, the challenges at times can be, you don't really need a fathering group. You can just have a men's group, you know, because that's, that's, we're all men. It's appealing to me. And it's like, there are, you know, I, there are valuable lessons to just slow down and learn about what it means to be a spiritual leader, a dad that you don't necessarily just get from learning to be mm -hmm. a man, right. you know, so to well, speak. It's not happenstance that some of our strongest churches have very strong men's ministries. And uh, I know you always say men's ministry is iron sharpening iron. A fathering ministry or fathers raising men. And so that's that's the compliment that we try to try to always push. But that's that's great insight, John. Thank you for your leadership, and uh, uh, that was quite a step from uh, from the <laughs> from a retreat, your first retreat exposure to faithful fathering, to taking on a leadership role in the church. But, uh, Thank you, Rick. Well, that's encouragement to you, dads. Uh, that you know, spiritual leadership is in the home. That's the priority. But it's also a responsibility to have a spiritual leadership in the church to raise the bar for fathering. To, to encourage and equip. And remember, faithful fathering is never about uh, beating up on dads. We're encouraging and equipping you to be a faithful father. And that's the dad you're called to be, and that's the dad the next generation needs. God bless. God speak.